Mornings with Mubarka, always here Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. Streaming live on newhavenindependent.org as well as New Haven Independent Facebook page or my fit Muslim my Facebook page. Wherever you can find us, make sure you tune in and you listen every Wednesday morning. And happy 2018. We are here. It is a new year. I am excited. I'm like really souped and excited for this year. And I'm not sure why this New Year's is just a little bit different than previous ones, but I feel really excited. I feel like I've gotten a lot of accomplished and I'm looking forward to getting more accomplished and a lot of life transitions during this 2018. And I think that we had a pretty good 2017, right? We actually learned a lot of things in 2017. We learned what the Electoral College is, right? Yay, us. We actually saw unprecedented amount of unity and joining together and support, and that is awesome. We even got to the point where we were actually having conversations, hard conversations that was making differences in our lives and in our country and in our community. So those are all of the great silver linings throughout 2017. So I always like to look at the silver lining part, right? So (laughs) that is really important, particularly when you think about like just the entire picture, right? Because we can stress ourselves out way, way too much. So, and so we had some ups and downs and those were really the ups. Um, Towards the end of 2017, unfortunately, and we saw just a few days ago, actually, only about four days ago, the daughter of Eric Garner, she died of a heart attack at the young age of 27. She was a mother of two. Um, And I wanted to mention and talk about, um, about her because she is one just a reminder. She's a heroine. She is a justice fighter. If you don't know who Erica Garner is, because I know I have a lot of my international people, I see people on Instagram from Indonesia and Canada. And um, I want to just give a a quick little shout out and um, respect to Erica Garner. She rose to fame as a justice advocate after her father, Eric Garner, were, was killed um, by the New York City police um, and his death was broadcast uh, on um, video. He died saying, I can't breathe 11 times. And that became a uh, almost a cry for justice in many of the subsequent protests and advocacy Um, against police brutality. His death was ruled a homicide, but no officer involved inside of the incident has been charged as of yet. And Erica Garner, she continued to fight for the last three years. So this was about three years ago um, for justice for her father and justice for many marginalized people. She was a daughter, a mother, an activist, and she worked tirelessly um, speaking truth to power. But In Islam, we have a saying that says uh, death is a reminder to the believer. And so every time I personally 
have a shock wave of an unexpected or uh, unexpected death, I always think like, what are some of the lessons that can be learned from this person, from their lives? Because I don't think that we necessarily even have to um, think of famous people who did like extraordinary things in order to learn lessons from their lives and um, and to use it as a reflection on our own selves and bettering our own selves. And one of the things that particularly came to mind um, when I heard of the death of Erica Garner um, and that she died from a heart attack, the second one, by the way, which follows one that she had immediately after the uh, birth of her recent son, um, I believe about six months ago. And the first thing I said to myself was, she died of a broken heart, right? And we often say, like, we say this sometimes, but we really don't understand that there is literally such a thing, right? So it is actually a diagnosed <laughs> um, and uh, categorized um, uh, symptoms, according to the British Heart Foundation. It's called broken heart syndrome. It's actually a, it is actually a condition. Um, it's where the heart muscles become suddenly weakened or stunned. The left ventricle of one heart chamber changes shape, right? And it's something that, ha- and it um, can mimic a heart attack. Most people um, will be diagnosed as a heart attack for such a thing. And I'm not a medical doctor, and maybe she died of like a legit like heart clogged artery heart attack. But in my mind, I think of all of the people and the stress that injustice um, that injustice inflicts on not just people's lives, their physical lives, but their emotional lives, their spiritual lives. And how can we avoid that? Because we talked about the silver linings, but we also have to recognize, and I try to recognize that there is a lot that's not within that silver lining. And it can be very, very stressful particularly on marginalized folks, on black black and brown folks, on women, on Muslim, all of the people and the populations who are really getting the brink of, um, who are like on the brink of breaking because of the discrimination, because of the constant um, overt and subvert, um, discrimination that they feel on a daily basis. And so I wanted to really focus not just today's show, but uh, a few of our, my subsequent shows is really going to be about self-care. Um, so we're going to talk today a little bit about what do we do when we have just lots of stress in our lives and how does that actually affect us? And we're going to, so we're going to, we're going to get our lives together in January. We're going to be talking about self-care. We're going to be talking about stress reduction. We're going to be talking about gratitude. We're even going to have a guest on to talk about how to get your financial life together. We have another guest coming on talking about how to get your relationships together. So January is going to be full of lots of self-care. So you want to make sure that you are tuning in every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. Um, however you tune in, whether that be on 103.5 FM here in New Haven, Connecticut, or if you are joining me on Facebook. 
Um, and we will have uh, the ability for you to call in and ask questions and give comments and all of that great stuff. So I'm looking forward to 2018. Today we are talking about self-care and we're talking about what does that mean, how does stress really affect our bodies, right? So when we think about stress, we don't, we think about it almost in an abstract term, right? Oh my God, this is so stressful. Oh, you're so stressed out, right? So what exactly is stress and how does it affect affect us? Because it's not just something that's abstract. Stress is actually a very physical thing. It is your body physically, physiologically responds to stress. So when we have stress, meaning it, so it begins sometimes, not all, but some of our stress starts with the way that we perceive a situation, which is very good for survival, right? Because before we had houses and we built up cities, we lived in environments where you could possibly get attacked by a tiger, right? So you want to perceive that stress. And so our body has this amazing mechanism, this amazing mechanism that we entitled fight or flight. So what exactly is fight or flight and how does it help us and harm us? So I'm going to talk a little bit about how our fight or flight uh, symptoms that goes along with that Uh, mechanism, how it is useful to us, as well as how, unfortunately, because of the amount of stress that we have in our lives and the type of stress, how it is harmful to us. So when you first perceive a dangerous situation, let's say um, there is, uh, you see a tiger, right? And you are trying to get away from that tiger. So when you first perceive a tiger first thing that happens is what your heart rate starts increasing your breathing starts increasing now if you're trying to get away from that tiger that is really important because when your heart rate and breathing starts to increase that heart is pumping more blood it is pumping more blood because you're going to need that blood to think to run to move it is pumping lots of blood towards every part that it can get Right. So that's the first thing that happens. Now, that is very, very beneficial for us, for all of the other things that's going to follow. The second thing that happens is, you know, when someone is really stressed or when they're scared, we say things like, oh, my God, they turned white or we may see like skin discoloration. So that's actually a real thing that physically happens, because the second thing that happens to your body when you are in a stressful situation is your body actually shunts blood away from your skin. So that's the reason why when people get scared, their skin becomes pale or when you're stressed, you notice a discoloration in the person's skin because your body actually moves the blood away from the surface of your skin. How is this helpful? So this is helpful because if you're running from a tiger and you have to run through some bushes, it's really helpful that if you get lots of little scratches that you don't actually bleed to death before you get to safety. So the beautiful thing about evolution, it made us in a way where it's like, hey, let's help, let's help you survive, right? So 
that's the second thing that happened. Now, what how it does not benefit us now is because our stress today is not us running away, but that actually increases your blood pressure. It constricts your blood, right? So that's the reason why when you're in stress and you're in a stressful situation, your blood pressure raises is because your body is changing the way, the flow of blood through the body to try to benefit you. So this, the next thing that it does is, well, what does it do with all of that extra blood that it would normally send to the capillaries? It actually sends it to the brain. And that's important because you need to figure out and think fairly quickly if you're running from a tiger, fairly quickly you need to decide which direction to go, right? So it actually flows it to the brain. The, bla- the brain releases cortisol. Now we know cortisol as the stress hormone, right? So the brain releases the cortisol and the cortisol actually starts a chain reaction. So here is another great thing about, I love the human body. It's just like so incredibly fascinating. So once your cortisol re- is released, the cortisol then signals that your body to release blood sugar into the blood, right? And that is really helpful because that is where your energy comes from. You're going to need some energy to run and you're going to need to run fairly fast. Or if you decide to fight or have to fight, you're going to need energy to do that. So the cortisol and insulin are now flowing through every part of your body to allow you to run, get your adrenals going, and so that you can really make quick decisions and you can have energy to make those decisions. Now, the problem that happens is in today's world, when we are stressed, we are normally not running anywhere. (laughs) You are literally like in all of that cortisol and blood this and blood sugar that's flowing through your blood and it has no place to go when you're a keyboard warrior right you're like super stressed because you're having an argument on social media and you're like because mm, 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 mm. i said this is what i think and you're wrong and i'm right <laughs> right so that's actually not using that much energy So that is a problem. And then particularly if you have um, high blood pressure or diabetes, it exacerbates those situations because sitting and being sedentary does not allow all of the mechanisms that kick in for your fight, flight or fright, your flight or flight or fight (laughs) Uh, mechanism to actually be beneficial to you, right? Because we're not fighting tigers anymore. We're actually just being stressed out because we had an argument with our spouse or a project is due at work that we're late on or the kids are driving you crazy, right? So these all things are not physical things that we have to run or scream from uh, or um, fight physically. So it actually doesn't benefit us to have all of these things going on. Now, all of the fight and flight mechanisms that happens in our body, it actually helps us in acute stressful situations, right? So if your kid is about to get hit by a car, all of these things kicked in allows you to run, grab the child and save the child, right? So it's an acute situation and all of these things become beneficial, 
However, if you are not in an acute situation or if that happens over and over and over again on a daily basis, then your body becomes overwhelmed because cortisol and insulin both are helpful in acute situations. But what happens when cortisol builds up in the brain, there's no place for it to go because you are maybe in a domestic violence situation. So this is really common for women who are domestic violence survivors where they have adrenal burnout because cortisol is just a constant thing, right? So it's a, it, it's helpful if the tiger, you come in contact with the tiger every couple of months as you're picking berries, but when the tiger comes home every single day from work, then you are constantly in this same cycle and your adrenals get burnt out. Your adrenals is what produces your cortisol, right? It gets burnt out. And cortisol is abundant in your brain. And it act and it literally kills brain cells. So this is another reason why people who are um, in very stressful lifestyles, they have memory problems. Um, it leads to having uh, chronic diseases. Um, you're not able to actually think as quickly. It actually disrupts the synapse uh, um, um, relationship. So how quickly your one cell can um get its, sig its signal to the next cell. So it actually disrupts those things. So um, when you have this constant chronic stress, it, it literally shrinks your prefrontal cortex, right? The front part of your brain, which is, re which is responsible for memory and learning. And so this is one of the reasons why when we talk about children, right, who are in very stressful home environments, it's not that they um, don't want to learn. It literally impairs their ability to learn by going home every single day to no food, to an abusive parent, to, um, you know, and a, um, a household that is disruptive, a neighborhood that is disruptive, that they have to worry about police or shooting or things like that. It actually disrupts their learning pattern. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Mubaraka Ibrahim, and this is Mornings with Mubaraka. And today we are talking about stress and self-care. We're talking about getting our lives together in 2018. And we are uh, talking a little bit about exactly how stress affects us and what we can do to change it. So we talked a little bit about how it physically affects the way that we think. It physically affects our blood pressure, our um, insulin level, um, all of those things. It's actually a very physical, physical symptoms, physiological symptoms that happen when you're stressed. So those things are not bad things. And we talked about how it can be beneficial in acute situations, but when it is chronic, meaning it's happening on a daily basis, it's you just every single day you're in a stressful situation. It actually causes damage to all of those systems. So how do we counteract that? So this is the self-care part. It's really important. So I like I always like to um, talk about stress in terms of how it physically affects us first, because 
understanding that is going to understand is going to help you understand how you need to respond to it. Right. So one of the things that happens to in its very individual is recognizing how our bodies respond to the stress. Right. So some people, when they're stressed, they may start getting neck pain. Other people, maybe their lower back will hurt. Some people will just feel their jaw clench up, right? So everybody's, your muscles begins to tense up. And this is actually another part of the stress response because your body is shifting. It's tensing your muscles and is shifting the blood to your brain because it needs more blood. So it's going to just give your muscles just enough for them to move. And any muscles that are not essential to the movement process of running your body is going to be like, okay, you don't need all of that blood. I need some that for the brain because we got to think about what we need to do. So when you are in, um, when you are thinking about stress and how it affects you, what you have to do is you have to actually recognize um, your personal symptoms, your personal stress response. And so now what do we do with this stress response? So the first thing is about, it's about recognizing it, Right. And then literally take a breath, literally just take a breath and pay attention to your breath. And it doesn't have to be really long and drawn out. A lot of people think that in order for you to be mindful or to practice meditation or to do any of those things that you need to, you know, sit down for an hour and hum, right? (laughs) But it's not. It's not that difficult. I here when I go inside of the natural food store edge of the woods, they use they have these little quotes on the um, cash register, um, cash register little TV thing, right? And before they start adding up, before it starts adding up your um, your your order, and one of the quotes that they say is that if you don't have um, if you don't have five minutes to meditate then you need to meditate for an hour. <laughs> and I love that quote because it just, it's just, uh, so what is it? What is it saying? It's saying that you need to now take time for yourself, right? If you think you don't have five minutes, you definitely need to take time for yourself. When you are doing mindfulness, so they've done, you know, mindfulness is now a science. There's literally uh, researchers in psychology, in uh, neurology, in neuroplasticity, um, in, uh, in lots of different fields that actually study how mindfulness affects your body physiologically, right? So we know what all of those stress responses are. One of the ways that we uh, counteract that stress response is actually with breathing, right? So one of the, another one of the um, symptoms of stress is that you begin to breathe very shallow, right? And we know this stuff, right? When I say it, you're like, oh yeah, that is true. Because when you see someone who is stressed, think of like a baby who is, even a baby who's crying and babies actually breathe correctly. They breathe from their belly, But when they are in a very stressful state, it could be crying because they're wet, because they're hungry, whatever. You see their chest going up and down, up and down, up and down. The breathing becomes shallow because your body is trying to get air in and out your lungs as quickly as it possibly can. So all of the breathing is up here. It's not in the belly. 
right? So the first thing that you can do in order to counteract the stress response is actually switch that breathing to breathing from the belly, right? Literally thinking of yourself as the air flowing in through your nose, down through your lungs, and going into your belly. That is a huge counteract to one of the first things that happen when we are stressed. Just taking your mind off of the situation. So removing yourself from that situation, and that can be a physical, physically removing yourself. And if you're not able to physically remove yourself, to actually remove yourself mentally and not zone out because sometimes you can't zone out. It's one of those situations where you, when you have a minute and the situation is not going to change in the next 10 seconds, take that 10 seconds and just focus on your breath, right? Just doing that can reduce the blood pressure. Just doing that can actually help dissipate some of the cortisol, right? Even if it's for 10 seconds, we'd love for you to do more, but if you can't do more, that's absolutely fine doing it for 10 seconds. Another way for if you have ongoing stress and you want to do a daily thing is that obviously now y'all probably watched me and followed me for long enough that you know what I'm going to say next. (laughs) I bet you know what I'm going to say next. Exercise, of course. (laughs) Right. And so this is a real thing. It totally it totally um, what do you call it? It feeds into my philosophy that exercise fixes everything. <laughs> totally feeds into my philosophy. However, it really is true. So they find that people who do 30 minutes of aerobic exercise a day, and exercise is a medicine in itself. So I always uh, tell people, exercise, if you have a an illness that you are using exercise as one of the ways for you to manage or treat it, it exercise in itself can be a medicine. So here is an example for stress, particularly for blood pressure, cardiovascular exercise shows the most benefit and it doesn't have to be an hour in, or you have to go be at the gym all day, literally 30 minutes. And in fact, when it comes to stress in particular, when they looked at the length of exercise and how people related their stress environment, their their levels of stress or how they how they um, reported their level of stress after engaging in exercise, more than 30 minutes did not decrease it more. So it's not even a thing of like the more you do, the less stress you'll have or the more you do, the lower your blood pressure will go All you need is 30 minutes a day. If you commit to 30 minutes a day of just walking, right? It doesn't even have to be huge. Um, And when I say exercise as a medicine, I'll give you a a counter example. For diabetes in particular, strength training has been, is the most beneficial thing. For depression itself, muscle conditioning Right. So as opposed to so a lot of people would think, oh, wow, well, if I'm depressed and I need to and I have anxiety, maybe I should do yoga. 
in fact, that is not the most beneficial thing because here's the interesting thing. And I, I'm, I'm, I mentioned this as a side note, but it's in, it's incorporated to what we're talking about because it's a really fascinating study. So they found that we used to think that um, and it's still true that one of the reasons why exercise is beneficial for people with depression is because uh, it helps um, to increase serotonin, which is the feel good hormone. And, you know, it helps you feel better. But what they found is that there is actually an enzyme in the brain um, when people who are diagnosed with depression, um, and I have to look up the enzyme. I'm, I didn't plan on talking about this, so this is a side note. Uh, <laughs> there is an enzyme in the brain that uh, people with depression has an abundance of this enzyme. So it's almost like, a, you know, um, there's too much of it. It's a toxicity. Um, but when they exercise and the muscles become conditioned, the muscles actually start working. And the study actually says similar to the capacity of the liver where it actually filters this enzyme. It actually takes the enzyme and it makes it inert so that it is not abundant in the brain. It actually, the, the conditioned muscles filters it out, right? So when we say that exercise is a medicine, it really is a medicine. When you talk about, when we talk about diabetes, right? Strength training is actually the most beneficial. I had a conversation the other day and I was explaining to um, someone that the difference between aerobic exercise and strength training exercise for people with diabetes, right? So the technical definition of diabetes in layman's term is you have lots of sugar in your blood that is um, not able to get into the cells that it needs to. It can't be absorbed by the cells and your insulin and the sugar in your blood is how or insulin, sugar in blood, blood sugar, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, it's technically glucose, but you know, we're talking layman terms. It is actually how your body gets in energy, right? So you are tired, you're lethargic, you're cranky because you have all of this insulin in your body, but it can't get to the muscles. When you do cardiovascular exercise, it's like wiping up liquid with a cheap paper towel. So you are going to push it around, but, and it's going to absorb some, but it's really not going to absorb all of the liquid. Think about the liquid as your blood sugar. When you do strength training exercise, your muscles are like a sponge. It's like wiping up that liquid with a sponge. It is going to soak it all up. It is going to soak it up. So strength training is more beneficial for people with diabetes and cardiovascular exercise is more beneficial for people with high blood pressure. So that is how you use exercise as a part of the treatment. And again, I am not suggesting that you not see a doctor and just exercise. You should do this in conjunction with your medical professional. Um, and it is actually exercise is so beneficial for people with diabetes that if you are pre-diabetic or diabetic, if you're on a pill or on insulin, if you engage in an exercise program, you need to see your doctor more often because it literally changes the way your body processes insulin. 
It literally in not like in three months, it like literally changes it month by month. You may be able to reduce your medication. So you need to actually see your doctor a lot more often. Get te- get your um, test your insulin on a, um, your glucose on a daily basis. Um, make sure your doctor is aware that you are now adopting a new lifestyle so that they can adjust your uh, medication and protocol appropriately because it is extremely, extremely effective for people with diabetes. And we are totally off the topic because I was, well, I guess that's part of self-care, right? <laughs> that's part of self-care. <laughs> so, <laughs> so exercise is how we reduce stress and treat diabetes and high blood pressure and depression and anxiety and the, all of those things because it's really, really beneficial. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, New Haven's home for community radio. I'm Mubaraka Ibrahim, and this is Mornings with Mubaraka, and we are streaming live on newhavenindependent.org and the New Haven Independent Facebook page, Hey New Haven Independent, and the Fit Muslima pages, Hey Fit Muslimas. <laughs> And I am happy that it's 2018. I am excited and that we are using this whole month to talk about self-care. So today we are talking about um, how do we counteract the, counteract the effects of stress on our life, right? So um, one of the other very interesting things that we know about stress is that it is affected. It not only affects our brain, But we also know that we can counteract that effect through mindfulness, through exercise. We can even um, counteract that effect through the way that we think about stress. So it's not that stress is um, always a bad thing. Actually, feeling stress can actually help you respond better, right? I act, I'm going to take just a quick second because I see an important question um, for P and I assume that people know the difference between strength training and walking, but that is not always true. So cardiovascular exercises are exercises that get your heart rate to a hot that raises your heart rate. Right. And it is not it is aerobic, which means your heart and your muscles are using oxygen as a form of raising the heart rate so that would be walking that would be running that would be bike riding that would be swimming that would be things like zumba spin class um things like that strength training is anaerobic exercises which means your muscles are um so strength training is used in um interchangeably with resistance training with weight training, strength training, resistance training, weight training, all of those are interchangeable terms. So it is when your body is working against resistance, that resistance can be something that is physical, like a weight, or that resistance can be um, your body weight. So strength training would be squats, lunges, push-ups, using the machines at the gym, lifting dumbbells for bicep curls, all of those things are versions of strength training, right? Use your muscles actually working against gravity and things like push-ups and squats and things like that. Um, so that is actually a difference. And thank you, um, Hina. Thank you for that question because 
I should explain that. I shouldn't assume that everybody knows the difference between those two things. Um, so we are coming to the last five minutes or so of the show. And I wanted to leave you with uh, a few things, a few look into the, to the, into the next few weeks for um, uh, some of the things that you can look forward to in the show. I hopefully you found a lot of benefit of what we talked about today. Um, as far as self care, I want to encourage you to care for yourself um, first and foremost, because life is just like riding in a plane, right? Put on your own mask before you can help others. Because when you take care of yourself, that's actually the most selfless thing that you can do because you're actually giving a gift to everybody that you love when you are healthy and you are well. Um, we are going to continue this conversation about self-care and about stress management next week when we have the fabulous Millie Grineau. Millie Grineau will be joining me next week. We are going to talk a little bit about getting your finances together with Anna Blanding, who's going to be joining me in a couple of weeks. We even have uh, TED Talks, um, Rumi Mushak, who will be joining me talking about gratitude. Um, she was a, a Tech Talks presenter a couple of years ago and um, is has some amazing ideas about how to improve our um, our gratitude uh, and wellness index um, around that. We are using January to talk all about things that is going to help you improve your life, right? It's all about your self-development. It's all about you this month. And so I am looking forward to all of the shows. So you're going to make sure that you are tuning in every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. If you are in New Haven County, and I'm going to just use the end of the show to make sure that you are able to tune in. I'm going to tell you everything that you need to know, right? Because 2018 is going to be awesome on Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. I got some stuff planned for y'all. So I'm excited. So Wednesday mornings, 10 a.m. If you are in New Haven County area, you want to keep your dial on 103.5 FM. And not just for mornings with Mubaraka, but, you know, there's a lot of awesome shows here on WNHH. And then in the afternoon, we uh, switch over to all, all Spanish La Vaz radio. So if you want to tune in after 3 p.m., is it 3 p.m., Harry? After 3 p.m., um, the station is bilingual. So 103.5 FM. And if you don't live in New Haven and you want to tune in to either one of those things or any of the shows here, you're going to go to w, um, www.newhavenindependent.org. And there is a little WNHH uh, a symbol right over in the left corner. And you're going to click on that and you can listen live on your computer any place in the world. Right. So you can listen there. You can also <laughs> go to Facebook. If you are following us on New Haven Independent, there is a little tab at the top where it says following. You're going to click on that and you can do this on your phone or you can do this on your computer. And you're going to click show me first. That's what you want. If you're following on the Fit Muslim Facebook page, you can do the same thing. Make sure the tab that you are following me, you click on it. And so it can say, show me first. So what that does is that every time we're on and you open up your phone, 
you're going to actually see us first. So you don't even have to search for us. Isn't Facebook awesome? <laughs> Facebook is totally awesome. You don't even have to search for us. All you got to do is say, Facebook, show me Mubarak at first. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> um, so you want to make sure you do that. So you're following, you're showing us first. Um, if you are on Instagram, you just got to follow my story, but it's only on Instagram for 24 hours. So you got to make sure you tune in on Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. So put a little red ribbon around your finger. You can uh, put it in your calendar so you can make sure that every Wednesday morning and then most importantly, you need to invite your friends. Right. We want everybody to learn how to take care of themselves and improve their lives. So you need to share anytime that you are following us. You need to make sure that you invite other people to like the page. You need to, you, you, you need to spread the love. Sharing is caring. Spread the love. You want to make sure that you do that. <laughs> so 2018, we are, we, we are talking about self-care all during the month of January. We are talking about empowerment all throughout the month of February, like I'm not a big, huge fan of Black History Month, right? I'm black all time. So <laughs> I don't just use Black History Month. But since people are talking about it so much in February, we're going to talk about Black History Month in February. We're going to talk about financial empowerment. We're going to talk about black love. We're going to talk about raising black kids. We got a lot of awesome stuff that's going to happen in February. So we are expanding our topics for this year. That's my goal. And I want you to also tell me what are some of the things that you want us to talk about here on Mornings with Mubarakah. Um, you can put a little comment below the video. You can send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. Whatever it is that you want to talk about, I want to make sure. And if I get a lot of requests for that topic or for a guest, do you want me to interview a guest that you have that you really like to hear from? Let me know. And they don't have to be a local guest. Hey, it's the Internet. I can interview anybody all over the world. So make sure you send it to me and uh, let me know how we can make Mornings with Mubarak a, a show that you want to tune into. All right. So lots of exciting stuff happening in 2018. I am going to end the show with inviting you to Mark your calendar for Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. And I'm going to bid you a wonderful, wonderful day and remind you, as I always do, be a voice and not an echo. <laughs>